Welcome to the Navigating Your Career podcast. This is the place for you to figure out your next career move, learn how to speak up and show up as the real you, and discover the path that brings out the best in you. If you want to stop feeling stuck, start feeling better, and take ownership of your career and your life, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Melissa Lawrence. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you today? Here in Maryland, it is starting to look more like spring every day. The weather is getting nicer and it's so nice to get some time outside. It's like a new beginning, a fresh start. It just feels hopeful in the air. Does it feel that way to you too? It does to me, and I just love getting outside. It's been so cold, and with the pandemic, I've been home all the time, and so being able to take a nice walk in nice weather is such a gift. And this week, we are going to dig into something that you might love, or you might be like, eh, I don't need that. And that is why I titled this episode, Mindset Schmindset. First, I want to tell you about my client, Jenna. When Jenna came to me, she was determined to get promoted because she wanted to be part of the senior leadership and she also wanted to discover why she felt something was missing for her in her career. She wanted validation of her path to know that it was really what she wanted because she kind of had a nagging feeling that maybe there was something else for her. And we worked together for six months and she just recently sent me some feedback about her experience and I want to share it with you. So this is what she has to say and this ties directly into what we're going to talk about today. So she says, my feelings about my career have completely turned around. I was unhappy, frustrated, burnt out, ready to walk away. And through this coaching process and the tiny shifts that I've made in my mindset, I, it has helped me to find my way again, and others have noticed my re-engagement with work, which certainly says a lot. I now have a work-life balance by clearing the clutter and thinking about what makes me happy versus what I should be doing. I'm spending time on new hobbies and finally getting in touch with my emotions, and more importantly, not being afraid of them. I feel like the clutter in my brain of the what ifs and the shoulds has been cleared and it is so much easier to focus on what I want to do and what makes me happy and fulfilled. I am truly mind blown by my progress over just a few months. Investing in ourselves is so important and this process proves why. Not only does it have an impact on you, but on everyone in your life. That is incredible. And just to be clear, she does the work. I am certainly the guide. I have the tools and the resources and I do the coaching, but my client has to do the work. They have to show up and be vulnerable and they have to take the action. They have to do the hard work of questioning their own thinking and questioning what they've been doing their whole life sometimes. And that is what she did. And that is why she has had these results. And it's so fun because um, we've had these conversations where 
she doesn't recognize thoughts that she had when we first started working together. And even though we have them documented and I do that just so that um, I can show that progress because you will forget, you will forget what you were thinking. And with that reminder, you'll be like, oh, I was thinking that, but you have such a shift, such a transformation in the way that you show up and the way that you think about your life that it's hard to believe that that was really how you preoccupied your your thoughts and your mind. And um, your time was thinking about these things in just such a different way that wasn't productive for you. So it's just so cool to see. And I was so honored to receive this feedback from her. And so when I talk to my clients, some are super open to the concept of mindset work and how our thoughts and beliefs are connected to our results. Others are like, okay, you want me to do mindset work? Um, How about you just tell me more about the career mapping and the communication skills? I want a checklist. Tell me exactly what to do. And you may be one of those people. You may want a worksheet or a checklist that tells you exactly how to get results through your actions. I was actually just talking with someone last week and and we were talking about some of the stuff in her thoughts and um, she was having this pattern of um, approaching situations the same way and it was tripping her up and she was getting the same results, but she wasn't really seeing that that was the case. And she was like, okay, but what are the tips? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And it's more than that. It's so much more. There are the tips, of course, and I, of course, have resources like that. But we first, and in tandem, need to work on your thinking. And so it can sound like foo-foo, woo-wee type work, like we're in the matrix when I say your thoughts are connected to your results. And I totally get it. I am married to a scientist and I have clients who are scientists who work in validation, who have engineering backgrounds. And they especially are like, what is what is the data? Where's my checklist? Where's the journal article? And like, <laughs> they just want me to tell them what to do. Like I am... Um, you know, like they have all these professional books out there. You can buy leadership books. Like I'm just going to tell them from the book what to do. And they're not going to do that deep work on themselves. And there definitely is some use and some merit for those references for sure. But let me tell you, your thoughts 100% are important and contributing to the results that you have right now. Good or bad, 100% your thoughts are contributing. And there is a concept that I teach to help my clients grasp the disconnect between your authentic real self and the version of you that has been shaped by your experiences, your parents, the society that you grew up in, the society that you're in now. When you are born, you are this perfect little baby that believes that you can do anything. It's why they say children are so fearless and have no filter. They haven't been taught yet to have one. So as a baby or a toddler, you cry when you need something, you stumble into things, you make mistakes, you try to talk and do things you haven't done before without worrying about others. There are things you're drawn to and you're not thinking about if it's possible. You're just thinking, I like fire trucks, right? But as you grow, you're slowly or sometimes quickly being told what is right and what is wrong about you, about life, about what's possible in the world. So a simple example is let's say you're told girls don't act like that, whatever that is. What message is that telling a little three-year-old girl? that there's a right and a wrong way for girls to act. 
Or for boys, if you're told, toughen up. It's a message that boys need to be tough. These are just simple examples. Now think of the ways that your family has talked about money. How much is available? Who is it available for? Is it hard to earn? Is it easy to earn? Is there enough? This shapes your money beliefs. What you see in relationships as you grow up tells you what is acceptable and what isn't. You get these shoulds put on you. Like you should get A's in school. You should be nicer. You should work harder. You should have a good job. You should be reliable. You should earn enough money, but not too much money. You should want a certain type of marriage. It also, of course, goes into your looks, right? You should be thinner. You should be stronger. You should have blonde hair. You should have brown hair. Your hair should be straight. It should be curly. These seem harmless. Maybe even well-intended parents just sharing their wisdom. But the problem is that should is damaging because it implies that we are wrong. Either we are wrong or we were wrong or we are going to be wrong. But all of these little things shape our lives and our beliefs. And our beliefs become so ingrained in our thinking that we don't even know we believe them, but we, they are shaping the way that we approach the world, the way that we think about what is possible for us. So if you think back to what Jenna said, she said she's no longer cluttered with the shoulds and the what ifs, right? Because we all have that. We all grew up with a certain type of environment, with certain guidance, good or bad, that told us what was right and wrong in the world and took that kind of innocence that we had when we were really young and started to shape it into society, what would be acceptable. And that can cause us to lose our sense of self. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about how this could approach you from a personal perspective by sharing a story. So I grew up with a single parent without a lot of money. I started working when I was a teenager, and ever since I got a job, I bought a lot of my own school clothes and school supplies. I moved out of my family home when I was 17, and I've been on my own ever since. For me, growing up, money was something that was hard to come by. You wanted to have a good job with benefits, and if you had that, you were successful, Liking or loving your job was not a priority. And even when it came to choosing school majors, it was what is the school major that is going to make you money? And that's actually why I didn't go to college right out of high school, because it felt like so much pressure. I didn't have money. It was going to be loans. I grew up with this money mindset of there's never enough, and I didn't know what I wanted, and I was feeling like I needed to do something, I should do something that was going to make a lot of money. And so I just didn't go for a couple of years until I figured out more of what I wanted because I didn't want to spend money on something that I wasn't sure I'd like and the things that were kind of the go-to money-making careers, like being a nurse, for example, were not of interest to me. So do you see how all of that is connected, right? So that's being really simple with that example. But when you grow up without excess money and struggling with bills, paycheck to paycheck, I had the belief that I needed to have a secure job and paycheck and that was what I should want. 
See, there's that should again, right? And the opposite could be true for you if you grew up with a, a lot of money. Like my children are growing up in a different type of environment with different conversations about money than I had. And that's going to shape them, good or bad. So I built a very successful career, but I had a hard time doing things on my own that were not part of a straight and narrow path because I thought this wasn't for me. This is for other people. Other people build businesses. Other people make their own money. Other people have the luxury of doing their own thing. I shouldn't want that because I have great benefits. I have a great salary. I have a great job. Who am I to want something more? So there's a bit more that played into my beliefs on this, but this is a simple example of how my family experience with money shaped my beliefs about money, even when I wasn't in the same situation. Even when my mother or my family members never sat me down and said, Melissa, there is never enough money. Melissa, you need to make a decision based on money. Like I was never told that outright, but it was based on just how I saw people talk about money in my family, how money was treated, the things we had to go without, um, things like that, that just kind of all shape how you think about things when you're growing up and you don't even know it, but it creates these beliefs for yourself. Another example is my mother was very consumed with her appearance, right? A lot of women are. Someone who was, she read the that Ladies Digest, the Reader's Digest every week and would try water pills and soup diets and sought validation from others. And I grew up with this as a norm and she's a very lovely, warm, loving person. So I just want that to be clear. But this is just something that is was kind of normal, especially for the time period that I grew up in. And so that was something that was praised. So I was praised for my body. I was praised for having boyfriends and male attention. And that is what taught me that there was value to getting validation from others. And that was something that was normal and in my household. That's something that you should want and be happy if you have, right? So this left me, among other experiences, growing up and seeking validation from others for my choices. It's so sneaky. And again, no one told me directly that I needed to do or be anything. It was just the kind of implications or innuendos of conversations or seeing behavior of other people. It's really so sneaky. And so if someone were to ask me, do you have this belief? I would not think that I did at that time because it just was so ingrained in the choices that I made and how I showed up for myself. And I've since overcome all of these things. I've done the work myself Everything that I coach my clients on, I have done the work myself on. And so I did that by understanding how my thoughts were creating my results. So even though I was a high performer, married, picket fence, all the things, money, big house, I just wasn't happy. And you know why? Because I did all of the things I should do. I didn't give much thought to what I wanted to do. This is something I see a lot with my clients. I've talked to many people who have said they never intentionally chose their career. They just kind of fell into it like it happened to them. 
They started with getting a job, got good at it, got promoted, went to school, earned advanced degrees, and followed the path that made sense, the practical one that they should. Then they realized, often after years of building their career with a family of their own, that they don't love what they do and they aren't sure what they need to do next. I'll ask them sometimes if they've chosen their career or how they've gotten into it. And when they realize they've never chosen it intentionally, it's like a light bulb goes off. It's the beginning of a beautiful conversation about reflecting on how what happened and what could be different. So this could be you, or maybe you did choose your career. Let's say you did choose your career, that you like it well enough and you don't resonate with any of the childhood experiences that I've had. You don't think that you've had any sort of experiences that shape you today. First, I would say that's not possible. Good or bad, your experience has shaped you today. Um, You have beliefs, some conscious, some not, that guide you in your decision making. We have something like 60,000 thoughts a day. It's like a thought scroll over our forehead, right? You can have that visual. 80% of those thoughts are negative, Where do those thoughts come from? More so, which are coming to the front of your thought scroll in your mind versus layered deep beneath? Your brain has three motivations, which I've shared in earlier episodes. To avoid pain, seek pleasure, and keep things efficient. And those motivations are influenced by your beliefs. So if you've had experiences that have caused you pain, which as a human is pretty much guaranteed, Your brain is using that data to prevent you from being in any situation that is even close to that one. Your brain also can't tell variance in danger. So if you had a traumatic experience where you were hurt in some way, anything that resembles that at all will set off all of your red flags and you will likely not make decisions or do things now, even if they are good for you. There is a model I use with my clients to help them understand this and how it applies to them. We take your beliefs, I help you figure out what they are and which are helping and which are hurting you as they relate to your results that you want. You learn how to connect those beliefs and thoughts to your feelings and your actions or inactions. Once you have this awareness, I teach you how to do this work yourself so you can manipulate your thoughts, know which to keep, manage that thought scroll, know what to rewire and how to create the results that you want. You have to have this awareness first, though. So if you find yourself unhappy, stressed, having the same results over and over, beating yourself up, you have beliefs that are contributing to that. Giving you a checklist of take a walk, get some vitamin D, here are some communication tips, are not going to be effective at addressing the root cause. We need to peel back that onion of you and get to know you at a level you probably never have. Like I said in the beginning, you were once a baby that felt a world of possibility and along the way, the experiences and people in your life have told you what you should want, what's okay and what's not. And again, it isn't always through words, sometimes it's through behavior. So after years and years of this, when you find yourself unfulfilled or not getting the results that you want, we have to reconnect you to that version of you that isn't so guarded by these experiences and beliefs that you've created. We need to uncover which beliefs are helpful to where you are now and which you can let go of. Because the beliefs you have, good or bad, are there for a reason. They are serving you, protecting you, or helping you in some way. 
But like I said, some may not be needed anymore, or your brain may be believing them because of a prior experience that is no longer relevant. This work is so important. My clients say they find this mind-blowing, transformational, and provides them the tools to see their lives differently and achieve anything they want. If you want to dig deeper on this and really understand yourself better, know what beliefs you have that are holding you back and create the ability to achieve anything in your life, including knowing your ideal career path, I invite you to work with me. And there are a couple of ways to do this. First, you can apply to work with me one-on-one. To do this, you would head over to my website, www.melissamlawrence.com backslash apply, and you can complete a brief application and I will reach out to you to determine if we are a good fit and you can get slotted in for the next spot I have available. Second is I have an incredible new program launching the end of this month called the Career Passion Project. And this is a six-month group coaching program where we will not only discover your ideal career and create a plan to make it a reality, but we have a whole section on mindset blocks so you can understand yourself and your beliefs better. And I teach you the concepts and the model that I talked to you about in this episode. We also cover communication skills and some of those tangibles that you are looking for. Those checklists and practical how-to guides are all there too. You can learn more about this program through my website. I will put a link in the show notes. The applications for this small group intensive open March 29th, which is coming up before you know it. It's just a couple weeks away and we get to work with our first call the week of May 24th. I cannot wait to invite you in to this new offering. All right, that is all for this week's episode. Have a wonderful week.